This episode is brought to you by Dr. Jen Natural Toothpaste, a toothpaste like no other. There is nothing more important than fresh breath and dental wellness. We've even done episodes on it. And we are so happy to have Dr. Jen Natural Toothpaste as a sponsor of the Courageous Wellness Podcast. Dr. Jen Natural Toothpaste is a toothpaste created by a real dentist using nourishing and natural ingredients proven to remineralize tooth enamel to prevent decay. The founder, Dr. Jen, isn't just someone who got an idea and made a toothpaste. She's a highly trained and experienced dental professional. As a mom of three kids and a dentist, she knows how important it is to provide safe, natural, and healthy products for our long-term health and development. This is what started her on the quest to find a natural toothpaste that actually works. After not seeing an adequate toothpaste available, she took on the challenge to satisfy this gap. Bringing in her prior experience as an engineer and working alongside chemists, she created the ultimate natural toothpaste using clinically proven ingredients to strengthen teeth. We are huge fans of the Yummy Toothpaste with ingredients that are good for you and the environment. All products are also made from sustainable ingredients and biodegradable materials. If you want to try Dr. Jen Natural Toothpaste, you can save 10% with code CWPODCAST, one word at checkout, when you visit www.drjennatural.com. That's www.drjennatural.com. All information can also be found in our show notes. individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Ali experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s and Erica went through a self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. If you've been listening for a while, then you know we are huge fans of Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey is a female-founded and funded brand that began as a luxury day spa in Austin, Texas, and has since grown to include eight locations across Texas, Chicago, and Los Angeles, as well as a line of bath, body, and skincare born from the spa. Milk and Honey sources and uses the safest possible ingredients in both their spa treatments and product lines, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. Their online boutique also offers clean beauty products from top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Supergoop, and more. You can save 20% at the Milk and Honey online boutique with code CWPODCAST. 
And from now through the end of the year, Milk and Honey has offered some exclusive specials for Courageous Wellness listeners to use at their spa locations. For any new or existing spa customers, you can save 20% on any spa service with code CW podcast. And as a special holiday treat from now through the end of the year at Milk and Honey Brentwood or Milk and Honey Culver City, you can bring a friend to the spa and you'll both take 50% off your spa service at Milk and Honey with code CW Bestie. You can find the link to book at the spa, shop online, and all the codes in our show notes on our Instagram link tree or website. CW Bestie saves 50% for you and a friend at the Los Angeles spa locations and CW podcast saves 20% online and at the spa for new and and existing spa customers on any treatment through the end of the year. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Courageous Wellness. It's a special bonus episode. It's just me and Erica this week. And um, we are going to do some spooky language and wellness topics. Um, We're going to talk about today for Halloween, <laughs> we, we thought we would talk about it this week, but also because these are some of the topics that have been um, coming up in conversation between the two of us for a while now, you know, things that we're exposed to in the wellness space and um, things that we think are important to discuss and language in the wellness space is a big one. But before we get started, I want to just say, um, you know, some of the work that I've done and the creators that I follow. Um, Maisha T. Hill is one of them in particular that really brought my awareness around not policing language. Like we don't need to um, basically do just that, police each other's language or call out, um, you know, sometimes people, especially on the internet, like love to correct other people's language. And oftentimes that can be really um, elitist and unnecessary, frankly, Um, depending also on the platform in which people are sharing certain types of language. You know, it's not like all, you know, all ways of communicating are the same for all people and that's okay. Yeah. And so that's something we wanted to sort of provide as a disclaimer that this is not conversation policing other creators language. It's just how we have made some observations that language can also be pretty exclusive and limiting. And, um, especially when I'm going to, you know, just say creators, like even ourselves want to create inclusive community and try to create accessible content. Now, not everybody does try to create accessible content. It's something we try to do, but, um, when people claim that they try to create inclusivity in their communities or their audiences and accessibility, and then oftentimes use limiting language. So we're going to break down some of that where we found certain language to be limiting even to us. Um, Yeah. yeah. So that's, I guess I'll kick us off just with that. There you go. That's your disclaimer for this, this episode. And so we're going to talk about a couple of different topics here. And I think it's exactly that. I think, I think what we want our platform to be right is like educational tools so that everyone can really advocate for their own health and wellness. And maybe there's an episode that you really don't vibe with. There's, there's people who have been on our podcast that we don't vibe with, or we don't vibe with their, um, 
like approach approach for instance we did an episode on prolon i would never i think we said that in the intro i would not personally use at this point a fasting mimicking diet right now but i also want the education to understand why some people would where's the science right we're trying to educate and inform so that everyone can advocate for their own health and wellness right um no one knows better as far as like what is right for you than you and that's that's what we fundamentally like want to build self-trust so education and exposure to different ideas is not about promoting ideas it's about expanding the way we think about things and sometimes language like Ali mentioned can be exclusive and then immediately exclude people who who should also be able to access the modalities or the programs. And so we're going to break it down into two categories. We're going to talk a little bit about kind of the spiritual language and spiritual wellness or language in, yeah, like spiritual and holistic healing wellness. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about how our eyes have been opened to, um, fat phobia and food freedom. If so, if these are of interest to you and especially touching on to, I know lately in the news with everything that's gone down with Taylor Swift and the anti-hero music video and her use of the word fat. So we're going to get into all of this, Ali, which, where do you want to start? Where should we start? Let's start with like the spiritual wellness stuff. Um, and also just, even though we did this disclaimer, if you're still listening and any of the topics that Erica just mentioned, could potentially be triggering or not supportive of where you're at right now in your personal wellness journey, turn it off and we'll see you next episode. (laughs) So um, there you go. So I think that's a great place to start because, you know, I think we first started having this conversation when I started noticing a lot of people were using the language and I, 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 it's weird. Like I, I don't dislike the use of the language, but I also find it to be very limiting, um, in the sense of, you know, certain words, like I, you know, you see this on TikTok a lot too, right? Like I timeline hopped, I timeline hopped. And now I have this great life. I quantum leaped into a new timeline and my life's amazing and you can do it too. And I'm just going to put a pin there because if that confuses you, it also confused me because I was like, well, what does that mean? Right? Like, what does that actually mean? We're here to have a human experience. Right. And a lot of people can be very interested in like the esoteric, but I'm actually in the opposite of esoteric, right? How can we get everyone to up level with us? Right. A lot of this spiritual stuff and we'll break down quantum leaping, we'll break down timeline hopping. But a lot of this stuff should be and is widely available to everyone. And when we use language that limits people's understanding or makes them turn away, are we really helping them? And that's just a question, right? Like, are we really helping them? Because my understanding is that quantum leaping and timeline hopping, all that really means, right, is that you changed and then your environment changed at the at the watered down level. 
I don't know, Allie, what you think, right? Like, isn't that what it means? Like I, I shifted, I changed, I, in our Buddhism, we call it human revolution, right? Like I had this internal shift. A transformation. I I had a transformation that took a lot of work and a lot of effort. And now I'm in a new timeline or I quantum leaped somewhere else and my life is different, right? But all we're really saying, if I understand is like back to my journey, right? Like I have a self-love journey and my entire life transformed when I learned how to love myself, right? As we've talked about in my largest body, I met the man of my dreams who I've now been with for almost 11 years. I was working on national television shows and commercials. You know, I was doing dream jobs. So is that a timeline hop and a quantum leap? Maybe, but how is that helpful to call it that? I think it's much more helpful to say, Hey, like I I had some inner self transformation. I did a lot of inner healing work. I, I had a shift in self and my environment reflected that shift in self. Yeah. And I also think, you know, it's interesting. I think this comes across in certain not everybody in this space, but in certain people who work in this sort of like manifestation space, we're like fundamentally, yeah, it's wonderful to, you know, understand the idea of like feeling what it's going to feel like to go after certain goals or dreams or have your life reflect a certain thing. And without the, um, acknowledgement that sometimes those goals or dreams or things like, are attained through certain privileges, it feels like it feels like a little bit of like a snake oil salesman. Do you know what I mean yeah. by that? Where it's like, oh, just do this. And it's like something salesy, like just do this and you can have that too. Well, like, sure, maybe, but it's going to look very different depending on who the person is, what their circumstances are, what their opportunities in that particular moment are, et cetera, et cetera. And so I'm not trying to be limiting about that because I fundamentally believe we can transform many things in our life. And maybe that's just a part of my own spiritual foundation with my Buddhist practice. But what I find is like why that works for me is because there's a practicality to it. And the esoteric that you mentioned, sometimes I feel like it feels like it's being sold as something that's very outside of other people. Yeah. Like you have to pay, like somebody else knows better or someone else is doing it better. And I think that's what I mean because I don't like, I'm a Libra. I'm airy as hell. I, I have, I'm air dominant in my chart. (laughs) And we've been talking about astrology that could be limiting language to some people, right? And I think though, right, like I, and everybody has their own platform and everybody is trying to do their own thing. I guess my, my fundamental concern is, and my fundamental concern is if your goal is right, if you're saying that your goal or if the goal is to help humanity, if the goal is to help others have this same light and opportunity and 
timeline expansion that you have. I think this is, this is the thing about language. Is our language helping the cause or is our language, I don't want to say hurting the cause. Right. But, and I think that's, what's missing sometimes is like, maybe, maybe individuals, don't realize that their language is limiting or they think, right? Like, yes, like everyone's going to find the people that they vibe with. I just think if we have these platforms and we have influence, right? In the world of influencers, it's like, are we using our power to help as many people as possible? And again, and not to bring up capitalism, sorry, as I'm having this like weird train of thought, but that's probably less like when you're the middle way, when you're trying to be inclusive, that that's probably also harder to monetize. It's totally harder to monetize. Yeah. So it's just interesting. And I think that's why sometimes I have such a hard time with like spiritual wellness because, um, as much as I vibe with it, right. I just referenced astrology. I love all of this stuff. I'm definitely, I'm not woo adjacent. I think I am kind of woo. <laughs> and, and and if you're kind of woo in the way that you define yourself and you expose yourself to all this stuff and even you say, wow, sometimes this feels limiting, limiting to me. Yeah. And if I didn't, I That's, just could understand. Yeah. I think I just, again, like I want, and I know it's not possible for everyone, right? Like not everyone's going to like everything or everyone. But when we're talking about, I think especially maybe why originally when we had this conversation, it was just about, right, like timeline hopping and quantum leaping and a lot of this language that you do see on spiritual TikTok. And I like, again, like, it's not that I don't vibe with it. I just, I think sometimes it makes me sad that it's excluding people who deserve it and need it too, right? Like manifestation shouldn't be based on your privilege. It should just be available. And I think too, more expansion that happened for me personally was when we did our episode with Tambra, right? Mm -hmm. And she brought up food freedom and her definition of food freedom and the way she uses the language of food freedom is so different than the way I use food freedom. Or had until that point. Had until that point. (laughs) Yeah. And so even myself, like I'm, I'm not, I'm guilty of this too, right? Like I was like food freedom to be able to eat my Halloween candy with the freedom (laughs) of, you know, of not shaming yourself and not shaming myself because, and, and Tamara's literally talking about the freedom to eat food. Yeah. Sovereignty. Yeah. And I think we can go into this more, but the episode with, we had this conversation a little bit within the episode with Dana and Hillary of reclaiming body trust was this idea of food sovereignty and how that kind of bridges the gap between, you know, folks that have been riddled with um, internalized diet culture for their entire lives. And, um, which is probably most people (laughs) and also the very strong realities of food accessibility, affordability, nutrient dense foods for humans, but also just like developing children 
in this country. And, and that's, um, especially in certain sort of like marginalized communities too. And that's something that Tambra works very close from a policy perspective on and that both can coexist. But I think it was Dana that was able to articulate this concept of food sovereignty. Yeah. And you know, it just reminds me like what we're talking about as well. And, you know, we did an episode with, um, New York city mayor, Eric Adams, before he was the mayor of New York city. He's also a, um, plant-based, um, diabetic who wrote a cookbook and that's why he was on our podcast. And now yeah. he's the mayor of New York he, city. He actually reversed his type two diabetes. Yeah. Through this type of and eating. it was truly an amazing non-political episode. Um, but something he said really stuck with me and I think it makes sense in this episode, right? Like I said, like I am woo, But I don't always talk about, depending on who I'm talking to, if that's not going to vibe with you, I can use different language to describe the same thing. And Eric Adams said, he was like, we have to meet people where they're at, not where we're at. So for someone, I think that's why it's not yucking someone's yums. You might love and vibe with like quantum leaping, and you might be a food freedom advocate because you've struggled with eating disorders and restrictive eating, right? all that's fine. And if we are lucky enough to have platforms, and even if we're not lucky enough to have platforms, even if we're just in our communities, lucky enough to have influence and able to talk to people where, how can we meet people where they're at? So our message could get wider, right? So that we can talk about, you know, um, these important issues and even right with, um, Taylor Swift's anti-hero music video, right? Like the way we talk about the word fat. And for anybody who isn't familiar, I had to explain this to Allie because she isn't the Swifty, but it's been pretty big in pop culture. And I think it's probably the most commercial time fat phobia has been in the media. At and least in, recently, probably at least recently. And Taylor Swift's, um, anti, hero music video. There's, it's all about her intrusive thoughts and Taylor Swift has struggled with disordered eating and is very open about how she would literally starve her body. And one of her intrusive thoughts takes place in her bathroom and she gets on a scale and she looks down at the scale and the word fat is on the scale. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of outcry on both sides where people are like, well, this is her experience and she should be able to talk about her experience. Um, and there's the outcry of fat should not be a bad word, right? Like we should not be using fat in a derogatory manner. Um, but to be honest, I, this is my perspective on it. Personally, I have a couple, um, she has since also taken the scene out of the music video. And I think that was a mistake because I think these are really important conversations to have. I think the fact that Taylor Swift, you know, one of the biggest, if not the biggest pop star in the world, who is very conventionally beautiful, right? She struggles with her body image, right? She struggles with this word fat, Well, this opens the door to a really big conversation in language, I think for me and something I see that's missing in a lot of the conversations I've seen online is no one's talking about why are we so afraid of being called fat? Why is Taylor Swift so afraid of feeling fat or looking fat? Why is this there? And the truth is it's 
racism. It's white supremacy. Fat phobia is deeply, deeply rooted in racism, in the patriarchy, in white supremacy. And there's an amazing book that we have referenced many times on this show called um, Fearing the Black Body, The Racial Origins of Fat Phobia. And Hillary and Dana in Reclaiming Body Trust also go into the racial origins of fat phobia. And this is this I think is the meat of this conversation about yeah. language and the word fat. And, and frankly, I think because it's so insidious, it's like, we didn't know Mm-mm. any of these origins until we started doing more research on it. And then finding people who also have done research from all these other creators um, in the space and continue to kind of like draw upon their work, you know, generations of this work, but it's not mainstream in a, in a known way because, because we live in a culture that whether people want to accept that or not has been deeply, deeply, deeply built upon these systems. And in order to try and dismantle them from a systemic standpoint, we have to first understand why they exist and that they also exist within us, whether we're conscious of it or not necessarily. And like this idea of, so I think, I mean, I haven't, I have to say, like, I'm not a Swifty. I don't watch Taylor's stuff, but from what you've explained to me, Erica, she's exploring the fact or may, maybe creating a commentary on the fact that she has internalized fat phobia, yeah. which is probably not unusual. No. It takes a lot of work to undo it. And that's why, you know, people even in the Hayes space like Dana and Hillary are doing a lot of work around this. I know um, Sonia Renee Taylor is, she was the one really who opened my eyes to a lot of it in a mainstream way. Um, I guess it's mainstream for me, but not, not now. Not as mainstream as Taylor Swift, I guess, from a from a pop culture perspective, but really important work. And in order to dismantle that, it's not like, you know, what's great about these spaces too is that word has very much been reclaimed. Yeah. So it's not a negative thing. No. Where it once was a put down. Mm-hmm. But we have to understand why. Why is it negative? Why is it negative? But it's not, but, it, but it's not, it's not and, anymore. And removing the scene doesn't make it not negative, right? We're just, we're just removing the conversation from continuing to happen, which is what I think is shame is I think this, this was the first in a long time, not the first ever, but the first time in a long time that fat phobia and fatness has really been in mainstream pop culture and talked about in this way in, in quite some time. Um, and we can, we can, this can apply to so many things, not just, not just fatness or thinness or whatever it can apply to. I just recently saw the, um, new music video. It's the, I think it's the 20th anniversary for Christina Aguilera's beautiful. Have mm, you seen the new music video for that? Not yet. She's not in it. It's all children. Wow. And it's all children. (laughs) wanting to alter their bodies. Like literally, it was pretty powerful, I have to say. Like literally girls having, young girls having like, um, you know, like when 
in plastic surgery, you doctors or surgeons draw marks with markers mm-hmm. on the body. Yeah. So like it was kids having these um, mm. marks and these markers drawn on their faces and their bodies and um, just looking into phones, looking at themselves so and phones and and it was a really also a commentary on on beauty and yeah it was it was well done i mean i think it was really you know it makes you really think especially over the last few decades like in some ways it's gotten better cuz we're having these conversations and in some ways it's gotten the pressure it's, has but gotten it's still worse not as mainstream you know even just from like a search engine optimization standpoint like weight loss is still i think one of the most searched for terms in the wellness space you know so it's when you're insulated in the world, even our world, right? It we can forget language because everyone around us is awake to these things. But that's not the millions upon millions of people in this country, you know, right. and in the world. And and so I think it's just interesting. And again, and if you're listening, you know, again, like, and if you are somebody who loves talking about timeline hopping or you know. Um, food freedom or any of the things that we've really talked about today. Like, again, it's not, I'm kind of with you. Like I'm definitely more of that person between the two of us. Mm. And, and again, I think it's just an important conversation about what are we trying to do? Right. What, what is, what is our, what is our why, as you always say? Yeah. And what do we want our impact to be? Because again, it doesn't, I know we've talked a lot about, right? Like, I think everyone now is a person of influence, regardless of how many followers you have. Um, People are like, we've seen the way our country has been in the last couple of years. I mean, you know, local woman on Facebook has massive influence in her community by the things that she shares and the way she talks. And so, Yeah. yeah, I think it's just, if our intention And I think that's most people's intention. I believe in the good of people. And I think most of us want to bring everyone up with us and share, share the privileges, you know, or like allow the privilege of manifestation and body love and body trust to be for all of us. Mm -hmm. So if that's our goal, is our language helping or hurting the cause that, that I think that's kind of what we've been talking about and what we wanted to share with our audience to see, see what you guys think, see if this is something you're thinking about. Um, yeah. 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 And you know, one thing I think that if we reflect on that conversation or that question, I should say for us is that it's not, we are not here to tell people what to think, but we hope that our platform can help people expand how they think so that they can create this idea of um, health sovereignty and body sovereignty. We're talking about food sovereignty. This idea to be able to trust and govern one's own self in a way that serves us and each other. And um, so yeah, it's not about forcing our opinions because that frankly, it matters, but it doesn't, it's not an agenda that we have. It's about saying, hey, you listen to 
the more you get to listen to, the more you expose yourself to, the more you're well equipped to truly cultivate self-trust. Yeah. And um and make educated choices for yourself. Yeah. And you will know what that is. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And not just shit that's being sold to you, basically. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and maybe too, like if if there are certain words that you love or that are important to you you know, we can also add disclaimers. We can explain it. We can expand on it. We can break it down, right? We can continue to use language to our benefit, um, to help as many people as possible, because I think that's the purpose, regardless of what you do, regardless of what field you're in. Yeah. 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 And conversation and dialogue, and this is going back to our you know, this is interesting something. I guess this is like a little segue, but I think this is an interesting thing to end on because this was like a dialogue that you and I had about these things. And, you know, I've had some dialogues recently with people who have very different political ideology than I do. I'm very, I'm pretty openly, I think on our platform, progressive. (laughs) Um, And I engaged in conversation that was respectful and I tried to listen. And I also shared honestly and openly about certain things and with multiple people that I kind of encountered. And I think what I learned from it wasn't that like minds were changed necessarily, but when we can engage in dialogue, which means not coming from a place of feeling attacked or attacking or feeling defensive, but truly it from a place of being able to explore ideas, a lot more can be achieved. And as you said, Erica, this idea of like, it doesn't, it's interesting. We have so much otherizing Mm -hmm. throughout our culture. You know what I mean? This idea of like, them and us, you know, are like the, the woo-woos and the not, or the, the quantum leapers and the fucking like people who have to go to work every day, right. Or whatever it might be. I'm glad we have our explicit rating on this episode, but, (laughs) um, we're all human beings. Yeah. And we forget that. And I feel like dialogue is a tool. We talk about like wellness toolkits. And I was reminded recently in those experiences that truly being able to have calm, neutral dialogue, regardless of points of view or disagreement, is such a powerful tool in not otherizing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's difficult it's really hard, especially when you feel really deeply with deep conviction. But if I wasn't able to have maintained calmness, I wouldn't have been able to at least understand or develop any sort of compassion for what other people were sharing with me about their experiences. Now, did I agree with the way they, you know, approached certain things? No. But I was able to not otherize them in that moment. And I realized how easy it is to otherize. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I think that's why we wanted to have this conversation because dialogue around this stuff is important. And if we don't have like spaces to explore this with each other, with ourselves, talk to your family members, talk to your friends, start with someone you feel like safety around and see what comes of it. Cause you'll learn stuff. You might even change the way you think you feel about something. Yeah. I mean, I've been humbled so many times in dialogue. I'm like, yeah. wow, I didn't, I was so wrong or, you know, and, and, and that's again, but I think again, a lot of times we miss dialogue because we're so, our communities become so insular. Right. Yeah. And, and you and have again, echo. It's just the echo chamber. Yeah. So we just wanted to have this conversation. We thought, you know, we've been talking about it a lot and we were like, why not share this on the podcast? See what people think. And maybe you've gotten this far and you're totally disagree with us, or maybe you want to continue the dialogue or who knows, but you know, we just, we want to continue having these really honest conversations and, you know, we've been in the wellness space now for four years and we've, we've seen and learned a lot and I'm sure we will continue to see and learn a lot as time continues. So we're so grateful that you're on this journey with us. We have an amazing episode on, um, <laughs> on the earth on Wednesday. So speaking it's beautiful. of, um, it's, it's so beautiful. It's really about how we can connect more with the natural world and herbalism. And it's just a beautiful episode and conversation. And, um, I learned so much from our guests. So tune back on Wednesday and, you know, get in touch. You can always reach out on our website at courageouswellness.net. We are at courageous wellness on Instagram and yeah, we love to hear from you. So have a great day. Happy Halloween, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of courageous wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.